is this? Advent day 15. Okay. A very peculiar practice. Um, I, I think I'm due a rewatch of this. It's a comedy drama series that ran from 1986 until 1992. There were two six-episode series, and then there was a special one, which was based on Stephen Dacre, now living in Warsaw. And at the start of the series, he's um, a very well-meaning and likeable, but also very nervous, insecure character. Um, so he's, he's just the new doctor at Lowlands University. And it's interesting, much later, I sort of identified his behaviour as, well, anxiety, basically. You know, he's not entirely mentally well, and I, I have anxiety as well. But anyway, um, the characters are one thing. Uh, the really interesting thing about a very peculiar practice is the setup, which is Lowlands University, where our point of view character is a doctor to the student population and the uh, associated um members of the faculty and such. But this series made a big impression on me because it has kind of this Twin Peaks factor about it in that everything everyone does is rational and reasonable, but it exists in a sort of slightly, uh, well, how do I put it? It's got kind of this sort of veneer of the magical or the weird about it. I mean, no, it's not magical realism. It's, it's not magical at all, but it does have a couple of nuns who like to do donuts in a mini in the car park and it has various other strange and eccentric characters so if you want an example of say a sandbox in which the characters can play then uh lowlands is is pretty marvelous because one of the things it's got of course is is young inexperienced students who are just coming to be adults but they're not actually adults and i think there's an argument that a lot of the academics and the older characters aren't really adults either everyone has sort of neuroses or, or anxieties and of course the students are you know less certain of themselves and trying to define their place in the world and I, I think that's an interesting thing to play. Lowlands is a, being a sort of closed sandbox, you have certain agencies visiting it, you know, and they might be um, corporate sponsors on a milk run, or they might be um, visiting persons. Um, the dean occasionally turns up. And all of these could be, um, I guess if you wanted to think of that, this is a Powered by the Apocalypse game, then... Lowlands University is a front. It has a number of things that um, are potential threats or at least can influence the characters. It may have special moves related to academia about um, taking particular academic actions. Um, for example, if you were trying to insert yourself into a particular hierarchy or negotiate um, a particular group of people that might be a specifically tailored move and more generally it's going to have factions within it who can who interact and you can draw a map of the various different factions and how um, the dean's office and the uh, the various professors and the doctors and all of the students interact and you know external contractors people with vested interests in the young minds um, who may be there because and they're interested in the young scientist who's doing um, who's doing electroacoustic research that can be turned into a weapon, or maybe it's a professor who is coming into conflict with a student by plagiarising what the student is doing. The arc of Lowlands is quite fun as well. Um, 
the end of the first series, we see Stephen Dacre succeeding Jock as the head of the practice. And that's that's great. And then at the end of the second series, we see an absolute catastrophe that turns Lowlands University into a private weapons research facility. I think it's weapons research. And so you could see how like this microcosm of the world with its in, own interest groups is going to be pulled in different directions by external forces. Um, maybe you know people like Bob Buzzard are going to be interested in consulting and making money and they they see you know they and they possibly even resent their position but what they really are is a way for the um i don't know the faceless corporates to get a toehold in lowlands university and gradually turn it into a commercial concern or you might have people like um, barbara flynn's character dr rosemary who is mostly just interested in social climbing within the hierarchy and became, being a, you know the biggest fish possible in a small pond so here's how I'd set up Lowlands University. I'd consider all of the students are going to have their own personal interests. And then I would say all of these faculty characters, you know, the, the Rosemary's and the Bob Buzzards, are all going to have a central drive. And that involves them being connected with some external agency who is interested in getting some sort of resource out of the university. And so the, the you know, the, the faculty staff's ambitions are these conduits from malign forces from outside to get in. And uh, and in some ways, Stephen Dacre and Jock are, they're kind of our forces for good, although deeply flawed in their own way. But you can imagine all of this being some sort of metaphor for a, um, you know, a battleground for hearts and minds uh, with good and evil personified in certain characters. And um, so rather than having a very nuanced drama that's based on a campus you say no let's go completely the other way let's have some absurd a very binary situation where you say that there is there is order and there is chaos or you know, there's good and there is evil and you put characters into those different camps and of course everyone who's good has a little bit of evil in them everyone who's evil has a little bit of good i guess the trick is going to be um, if you are having a sort of sandbox and where the characters can play in a freeform way and very much you're following around individuals in the way that a lot of Power by the Apocalypse games go, you need ways to um, be able to, to have these external forces exert influence on the characters and provide them with dilemmas. So... Um, uh, yes, Powered by the Apocalypse is often about um, characters being able to be proactive and take action, and as a result, um, they generally generate the narrative. But a lot of the plot is going to come from an external influence who has interests in the uh, university. Um, so let's take the example of a, a military contractor who's interested in special, uh, in in special. Um, who's interested in a special uh, electroacoustic project for uh, a novel new weapon that they can market. How do they get their hands on that? I mean, there's going to be a tension between fulfilling corporate interests and uh, the integrity of the, the scientific endeavour. And part of that is going to be um, focused on the student. So the student has an opportunity to say no and go the research route, and they're going to have people pulling them in that direction and they but they've also got an opportunity to sell what they're doing 
to the highest bidder and go down the, quotes evil route. Um, and maybe that's the way you should run that sort of game, or at least one of the ways that you should uh, mark an influence of an external factor. They want something, and the question is whether or not the student is going to give it to them and what sort of negotiating process there is. Um, and also, those external factors are probably going to have contacts high up in the university's hierarchy, and that is how their leverage will be uh, applied. So... It might start with a quiet introduction via the dean to these special contractors to a student, and the student isn't too sure about it, so then there's pressure exerted on it. I'm trying to think of a few other scenarios. Certainly a lot of the staff characters are mostly interested in climbing the internal hierarchy, and it appears to be a zero-sum game. There's a case that for advancement, you only get the opportunity to advance when somebody else retires, so... If there is a spot for advancement, such as the um, the challenge at the end of the first series for Jock's role as uh, the head of the practice, that the various different characters are trying to manipulate an independent observer into giving them the job, it's kind of going to be like a race where I guess the each of the characters is getting points of influence over the external uh, the external assessor and we're going to see who comes out on top one other thing that might fit into the lowlands um, university scenario is uh, i wrote a game called lag or uh, it's still in beta you know all of these things that i've written half a draft for but the idea about lag was originally well it, it came from me um living in a hotel for weeks on end in Singapore doing work. But I think I could apply the same principles for Lowlands University, where you, if you want to chart the how the student is integrating with their existence in the university versus their sense of home life and their connections to where they've come from. Um, the whole point about lag was the longer that you spend displaced in the in the foreign location, living in a hotel room, remote from the people you love, the more you sync with a local time zone, but the more out of sync you get with the people you left behind, who you can regularly contact with phone calls. There, there were like there were like three kinds of scenes. There was um, day to day out doing your mission. There was hotel scenes where you interacted with the other hotel guests or with the other players. And there were calls home where you would talk to the people at home. And the idea was the interactions with the local mission stuff got easier, but the interactions with the people back home got more strained as you went on. And um, and I think there's maybe something to... You know, if we go on this theme of sort of good and evil and how much the powerful forces are trying to corrupt the students at Lowlands University, you then say, well, once they're anchored to their humanity and their, their life outside Lowlands, and uh, I would say, you know, that, that call home scenario fits, but it gets harder and harder as you play the game to actually offload the stress you have of interacting day-to-day -day in, uh, in, in Lowlands by talking with the people at home. So then you, f you have to find other ways of doing it, and maybe it's embracing the evil side of, of what's going on in the university. Or maybe you're forcing stress onto other people, which is, which is how the mechanic was supposed to work. The concept was, 
um, you were, you know, in this remote area. You had your own things to do. You were pretty much isolated and doing your mission caused stress. And the only way you could get rid of stress was either comforting calls to back home or offloading stress onto other PCs who you interact with in the hotel. You could just as easily make the hotel as Lowlands University, its own little private world where you have interactions with your fellows where you start trading stress points because you're actually causing each other tension because you need some way of offloading the tension that's being exerted on you by all the mission stuff, by all your courses, by all the weird things that happen to you. Yeah, I think that could be quite a good fit. Anyway, um, time to open the next door in the advent calendar. Oh, it's a pot noodle. Well, very appropriate. Okay, speak to you later. Bye-bye. Fictoplasm Podcast. Words by Ralph Lovegrove. Music by Chris Zabriskie. Find out more at fictoplasm.net. Fictoplasm.